This is Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. Welcome back, friend. Whether you've been here before or you're listening for the first time, I love to share what we're all about. Finding Something Real is an intentional journey designed especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. As someone who's been through my own ups and downs with faith, I wanted to create a special place for people to process and address questions about God and life. Finding Something Real is about finding restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Those are things I believe we all desire that Jesus Christ has the ultimate answers for. And you see, I don't just believe in Jesus because he's changed my life, although he has. I believe in him because he's radically real. So if you find that all hard to believe, I get that. And if you're skeptical, hey, you've come to the right place. But I invite people to go on a journey. So today we're diving deeper into season six with a new co-host this month. And I'm so excited to get that episode here going in just a moment. The way this podcast works is a little different than other podcasts. Here, every month, we try to invite a different young woman to share her story, to talk about her faith questions, and then we invite guests who can address her honest questions or topics brought up from a Christian perspective. So this month, you'll be hearing episodes curated by my friend Gaia from Italy. In this first episode of the month, you'll be getting to know her a little bit. You'll hear what's important to her. You'll hear about her genuine passion for people and the faith questions that she is asking. And just a hint for the listener, Gaia has asked some really deep questions, which I believe the Christian worldview has some pretty rich answers. So I'm super excited to share some of the guests who will answer what Gaia brings up in these following episodes over the next few weeks. So please come back and stick around because you don't want to miss those. And to Gaia, who inspired this, as well as all of this month's episodes, if you're listening, I want to say thank you, Gaia, for being honest about your story and questions. Thank you for taking part in this journey and allowing other people to learn alongside you and hear what people have to say. Now, listener, we'll get to today's episode in just a moment, but if you like this podcast, here's a couple words regarding stuff that helps keep us on the air. Hey there, in season six, I am looking for young women who can have real conversations about spirituality. Finding something real is a place for questions. It's a space for honest dialogue where people from all sides of belief can have a safe and loving space to genuinely talk and explore faith. And it all starts with the conversation, a lot like the episode you're currently listening to. So if you are a young woman between the ages of 18 to 25, you are questioning faith, deconstructing what you've grown up with or wondering about spirituality. And if you have questions about God that you would be willing to talk about on a podcast, if that's you, I would love to schedule a time to meet each other. Go to findingsomethingreal.com and click on be on the podcast for more information. And P.S., If this doesn't describe you, but maybe somebody you love, would you do me a huge favor and tell your loved one? Thanks in advance. I would love to hear from you. Hi friend, this podcast is sponsored in part by Faithful Counseling. 
Life is full of ups and downs, unexpected twists and turns, and sometimes we struggle with all that can come our way. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist who is also a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And as someone with a master's degree in counseling psychology and whom at various times in the past 20 or so years has benefited from seeing a professional therapist, I know the value that professional counseling can bring because we all need someone to talk with and Faithful Counseling can help. Please visit faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real to sign up for professional faith-based counseling. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. There's also a special offer for Finding Something Real listeners to get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for being a sponsor of this episode. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And I am so excited that you are listening in to season six, it's hard to believe, where every month we are introducing a different young woman with her faith questions, where she's sharing her story and objections or questions she's had about Christianity. And then throughout the month, I invite her to be my co-host as we invite Christian guests on to share from a Christian perspective, their own life journeys, their own struggles, but also especially to, uh, they come on to address those questions that my co-host brings up at the beginning of the month. And so this month, this month, I'm very excited about the young woman who's joining me here today. In fact, about a year ago, we're recording this in the fall of 2022. Um, about a year ago, I met her and it was so cool because, and this is just a little side story of how I know her. So I'm at an exchange coordinator. Some of you who've listened to this podcast know that an exchange coordinator is just somebody who, when exchange students come over from overseas, if you're local um, and you're working for the organization and they come through that organization, you're connecting with them and getting to know them and supporting them throughout the year, making sure that they're having a great exchange year. And I had a local coordinator come over to our home and she brought a couple students with her, a few students. And one of them was this young woman from Italy. And uh, we just had a, an interesting conversation. And I, I think at the time, I just felt like maybe she was a little homesick. And what was so cool is I had just received a care package from um, our beautiful uh, exchange daughter, Lou. Uh, you may recognize that name because Lou's been on the podcast as well. Um, Lucrezia from Italy. And Lou had sent a package of beautiful things from Italy. And I grabbed one of these things and I, <laughs> I brought it over to this young woman and I said, do you recognize this? And she almost... I, maybe she can remember this here in a minute when I introduce her, but it was it was just this heartfelt, oh my gosh, this is from my region. And uh, <laughs> it was so beautiful. And I remember sharing that story later with Lou saying, Lou, I know when you sent this over, you thought it was for us, but I think God meant it for somebody else. And she was so blessed by that as well. Um, and so anyway, when I started booking for season six, um, this girl just came to mind and I reached out to her and she seemed uh, excited about the opportunity. And I'm really excited to chat with her today. Gaia from Italy. Thank you for being on the podcast. 
Thank you for letting me in. I'm super excited for this. And I'm really, really grateful that I got to um, be here today because I know this is going to be such a great experience. And just, I'm very excited because I feel it's going to be good for my just growth process and for my personal, just myself. I know it's going to be good for me. So I'm very happy to be here. Oh, well, I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I really feel like it's a God thing. Um, so Gaia, before we get started on who you are and these different things, how did you end up being an exchange student? Because that's how I met you. How was that something on your radar? Did you always want to explore the United States? Or how did that happen for you? So I've always wanted to be exposed to the traveling world, to just uh, English speaking language world. And I wanted actually to go to the United States because I knew it was different. I wouldn't have, would not have minded the UK or Ireland or somewhere else where they speak English, but I knew that was going to be Europe. So that was always going to be similar somehow, even though it's a different country. Mm. So I just decided, well, I'm just going to fly overseas. Like, actually, I'm just going to cross the ocean. And I <laughs> ended up on the farthest place in the United States because it's really, really north and west. So it's super far from Italy. And so I just decided that I wanted to to do America, to see America, because I knew it was going to be different. I wanted to challenge myself. Mm. What did you find uh, in your year of being an exchange student? What are the what were your takeaways from that experience? So I learned to uh, take care of my mental health because we do not speak very much about it. We don't speak very much about how we feel. Uh, We do not speak enough about it. And you can tell by things that happen. People have mental breakdowns, anxiety very often. And when I went to America, I just realized that life is not supposed to be the way that I was just living it. And I realized there's so much more I should have known. And I just was so grateful that I discovered how to be happier because it gave me actually an opportunity to feel free and happier. And I I knew I've grown very much. And something else that I really, really enjoyed about America is that people are friendly. Mm -hmm. Like, as like when you meet them, they already are like, how are you? How was your day? They want to know how, like, what's the best thing that happened in your day? Here, people don't do that. I'm not sure if it's something about South, where I'm from, or just the entire country. But here, I'm struggling with this because people do not ask me, how are you today? Or what have you done? What is making you be like, so happy today? Why are you so sad? It just they don't ask that. And I'm like, please ask how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good for my mental health, me. please. <laughs> yeah, I want to share my highs and lows. And when I ask my friends, so what's your guys' highs and lows? And they're like, what's highs and lows? And I'm like, okay, forget it. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. In my family, we always do that too. At the end of the day, around the dinner table, we'll talk about what was your highlight for today, you know? Um mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I, I think I watched that in a movie one time a long time ago with Bruce Willis. It's very American, I suppose, like a, an American tradition, maybe. But I know not every family does it, but I got it from an American movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Gaia, you know, it's interesting because even as you're talking, I'm thinking, 
you're from the south of Italy. Like there is so much romanticism in my mind. And I would guess in the mind of a lot of Americans over Italian culture. Um, Mm. When I think of Italians, I think of expression. I think of good food. I think (laughs) of beautiful scenery and architecture and um, just this celebration of family and um, tradition. Am I wrong? Or uh, are those things that you love about your culture too? What What do you love about Italian culture? Uh, so I will just start saying that you are right. That's the <laughs> right stereotype because we are so much uh, we are very into family and family time and family traditions. If you, if we think about Christmas or New Year's Eve or other like festivities like Easter or something, that is something that you like Italians have to do it in a certain way and you're not changing that. No mm-hmm. one's ever going to change it. That's not possible. And we are also very physical. We we hug each other and kiss each other on the cheeks so much. And when I got back from America, people wanted to have physical contact. And I was like, <laughs> oh, just no, I was on the West Coast. Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, don't touch me. Like, I don't want your kisses. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But now I'm just back at it because, you know, that's my culture. That's what I'm surrounded by. My mom just kisses me the entire time. She asks me the entire time. So, and plus, yeah, Italians are very romantic, which is what I like about them mm-hmm. because we use a lot of emotions. Yeah. I, I think the romantic culture of it all, like even the old movies and I think of like Roman holiday with oh, yeah. it Gregory uh-huh. Peck and oh, Audrey Hepburn. You know, when we eat pasta in front of like um, a nice view or we just dedicate a lot of time to meals, pasta and lunchtime is just number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and do the, now I remember this about being in Italy. Do you guys take like two or three hours in the middle of the day for lunchtime? Um, that's <laughs> typical of Sundays for lunch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For Sunday lunches is like the entire day because the entire family's there. And so like uncles, aunts, nephews, cousins, grandparents, like everywhere and people you've never seen before, they're going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so is your family like that? Tell me about your family growing up. So um, as I told you, uh, as I previously told you, my parents are not married anymore, mm-hmm. but we still try. Well, I have to say that like I live in kind of two different families because when I spend time with my dad, is always his family and like him and I so it's another family when I with my mom it's the same thing so we are never all together but each family has a bunch of people so (laughs) there's always people around which is very nice because um you know that you have like you're going to have fun that Sunday when you see them you know you are going to smile you're not going to be sad you're not going to feel lonely you are always going to feel loved and just at home which is a feeling that I love about just this culture because when you're with your family, you really feel at home. I mean, that's everywhere in the world, I guess. But I think I think we have this type of just um, being so, so, so close. Also, like physically, that makes it even like more overwhelming in a good meaning. Mm. So. When, when did your parents split up? Do you remember that? Um, I was in sixth grade. I don't know. Uh, I, I was 11. That's what I know for sure that I was 11. So yeah, and it was such a hard time for my for just 
my growth, my I was very young, obviously. So at the beginning, I didn't process that because I was like, oh, I'm going to have two houses. I'm going to have two holidays, two vacations, two presents. I'm going to have two different worlds. I'm going to have two rooms. I was just looking at the material things because that's what my parents were trying to like show me because I was still young and they didn't want to make me sad. So they were just trying to compensate that in a, mm. in a nice way. But then growing up and realizing that my brother was growing up, my brother is 12 right now. And when I was growing up, meaning like two years ago, last year, three years ago, like ever since uh, I got a little bit older, I started to process this. So I realized that there was no marriage in here. Like there was no union because we're all actually always like separated. We are never together and because they don't speak to each other. Mm. So yeah, I was very, very young, but I mean, I still, I kind of accepted it, but it's still something that has a weight on me. I sure. feel it every day. Yeah. And you're 18 now, right? You're in your last year there. Yeah, I turned 18 in America. Wow. So you're the oldest in your family? Yes. Yeah, that's Uh hard. That's really hard. What about faith? Has that been part of your upbringing in Italy? Or tell me about that. Um, So I've been, uh, I was born and raised as a Catholic. So I've always been, um, you know, um, encouraged to uh, attend a church. I would go to the church every Sunday uh, and I attended the catechism and I I did attend a church very much. But um, growing up, meaning like when I was very young through elementary school, middle school, I was forced to basically because I, I was baptized. So I didn't get to choose that. My parents decided for me. So I've always thought that that was right. That was something that I had to do. But people here made me feel like it was a duty. It was something that I had to do, not that I wanted to. So I never really established a connection with God unless I would just go there myself and didn't have to do it because I had to. But then I just stepped back a little bit. I backed off from the church, not from God, just from the church, from the Catholic environment, because I just did not feel the true connection. I just felt it was, you know, maybe linked to a money interest or or just, I did not feel faith. I felt it was all fake. Mm -hmm. So I just backed off. And then I started to try to build a spiritual connection. And I was actually succeeded in that. Then I lost my grandma for due to COVID. She was one of the first victims in April, 2020. Uh, for people who know that it was such a hard time in Italy because that, um, it was a hard time in Italy in April, 2020, uh, which was when I lost my grandma for COVID. And that was just traumatizing for me because she was a mother for me. So I never really got to, um, really overcome that and I'm still trying to accept that I lost her even though it's very hard and um, so I felt like I was losing my faith I was like where is God like why is he doing that to me and like she was such a great person she was super healthy she was not supposed to die why is God taking her where in the world is he that's when I like really really left the church I was like I am done 
I was mad, basically. I was angry. I was angry at everyone. I was angry at my family. I was angry at the world. I have been angry at COVID. Like I was, I have been mad and angry to COVID for like ever and still am because it just took away the most beautiful thing that I had. But now I decided that I have to reestablish that connection because I'm not supposed to be mad at God because he wants the best thing for us. So I just, I am trying to reestablish a religious connection, just a spiritual connection, not necessarily having to go to the church. Mm. Wow. Well, there's a lot there I could ask about. Um, Mm. I think I'll start with your grandma. Tell me about her and your relationship with her. So um, ever since I was very, very young, um, I was her favorite. That's kind of bad to say, but that is actually true because I <laughs> was the first um, female of the family. So she used to call me the princess of the house. Mm. So every time I would go to her house, meaning like every day, because she used to live, she lives in front of my house. I just have to just get out of my house, walk two seconds and be there. So I've grown up there. Mm. And she used to say, whenever you come into this house, you are the queen. So whatever, (laughs) we're going to do what you want. And I was like five. So I was, yay, let's do whatever I want. She would just give me candies and she would, she would make food for me. And we would watch movies together. And then we've always had the special connection. And then every time I was sick, I would call her and be like, hey, grandma, I'm sick. I have fever. And she'd be like, okay, I'm making food and I'm coming over. And she would spend the afternoon with me. We would play with, um, you know, Barbies and just uh, all the just teddy bears and dolls. And just It was just super fun to spend time with her. So, and she's always been listening to me. She's been my favorite listener. She was super kind. She was the most loving person that I've ever met and I really aim to be like her because she is very um she is very very kind she is such a kind heart and it's not like a fake type of kindness it's real she has always been sacrificing herself for her family and we are so grateful to her for that and then as I grew up you know I started to have that type of um things that happen in every teenager's life, you know, boyfriends, first adventures, and then, uh, you know, my parents divorcing. And I was like, I I don't really have anyone I can talk to. Like my friends are not going to understand why my parents are divorcing. My mom is just going to be mad at my dad. My dad is just going to be mad at my mom. My brother is too young. Well, who, who am I going to speak to? And then I realized I had my grandparents my granddad is still here luckily and he tells me every time uh when I speak to you Gaia it just feels like I'm speaking to my wife because Mm -hmm. we both miss her so much and he uh and she was like she will listen to me until you know midnight I would just sit on the couch and talk to her and just cry or laugh or just tell her how my day was because she was the only one asking me how was your day Mm -hmm. so that's what I miss really much about her just being asked how are you Mm -hmm. so yeah that's the special relationship that we always had wow wow uh and you were 16 when she passed away yeah, I was 16 and we were uh, we were locked down because it was very bad in Italy. 
I mean, I don't, I don't really know much about lockdown period in America, but in Italy it was terrible because Italian life is literally outdoor every day. You just never spend time indoors. So when we were forced to be inside, it was just traumatizing for us. And then we were not, we were, it was forbidden for us to see people. We couldn't get out of the balcony. We couldn't do we could not do anything. So I couldn't see her. And then my dad one day called me and he said, well, granddad and grandma, well, the grandparents are positive to COVID. And I was like, you're not serious, are you? Because the day before I spoke, I, I remember speaking to her and she was like, she was coughing so bad. And I was crying. I was like, grandma, what if something's going to happen to you? And she was like, no, what are you talking about? I just have a little flu. I promise that when this is going to be over, uh, you will just come to my house and we're going to spend the night like we, mm. we always did. And so I was just waiting for that to happen. And then in a month, she was transferred to the hospital. And then my dad, which ha who has always been so like attached to her very much, because when he got divorced, she was helping him with food and giving him some help. And so when she passed away, I remember my dad coming to my room and I remember that day, day, I decided that I did not want to wake up to do online classes because we were doing online school. I was like, I'm just going to take a break because I'm very sad. And I remember my dad uh, getting into my room and knocking, not even knocking. He just got in and it was like, grandma's died. Grandma just died. And I was like, no, you're not serious. And then I remember that I was not able to see her body because in that period we were not allowed because of COVID. So I, it took so long for me to process that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you guys, were you able to do like a celebration of life or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, in Italy, we actually do funerals, uh, the day after every for every single thing it's the day after before covid we were not supposed to so we were not able to so we just did it like a celebration the day after with that with those few people that were allowed because we had to ask permission to the um kind of like the read the major which uh was very complicated to do because right now my aunt is the major of the town which who is my dad's sister so her mm. daughter is the major but uh, at that time she was not yet so it was very complicated to have permission to do that but i remember crying very much in front of her um just um i don't know how it's called but like where the body is and it's closed and mm. then you you just dig it um I remember crying and saying, grandma, why are you leaving me? Like mm -hmm. you were the one helping me when I just witnessed my parents' divorce. Where are you going right now? Like, are you really leaving me? Like, are you really doing that? Because we've always promised each other we were going to be together. And I thought she was going to die because of, you know, being too old or just, I would have had with me my grandma for like at least 15 years more if that wasn't for COVID because she wasn't that old. So I was expecting to have her with me for so long. And I was like, okay, I promise you that whenever I feel like you're going to die, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to be there until you close your eyes and stop breathing. But then I couldn't because I couldn't even go to the hospital. 
Yeah. So I felt like I kind of betrayed her. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like she left me. So, you know, this is more adding to the process of just having to healing, to yeah. forgiving myself and forgiving God, forgiving just COVID. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how was faith expressed in your relationships with your parents and with your your grandma? Was she a woman of faith? Were your parents, did, did that come into play uh, in your, I know that you went to Catholic church often, you felt like it was something you had to do, but at home, what did faith look like? So here we're all Catholic, but um, my mom is very, very religious. She, my other grandma too. I mean, all of us are mostly my mom's family really attends to church. Whereas my dad's family, they are Catholic. They believe they're, they go to the church, but not as often. So, well, um, I remember that my mom, uh, she was praying for me very much because she felt that I was very angry and she did not want me to have anger because anger just does not let you heal. And so she was trying to tell my dad, I remember this because I remember looking at my dad's phone that she shared a YouTube video to my dad and she told him, can you share, can you just watch this video and then talk to Gaia about this? It was just about not being mad at God, um, you know, being grateful for having had the chance to live with my grandma until she was alive. And then I remember that my dad just told me, don't be mad at anyone. Don't be mad at God because he did not want you to be like, he didn't mean to hurt you. He's not doing this to hurt you, but he never really um made like it didn't really create any connection between my grandma's death and god nor Mm -hmm. his family did we just when she died i remember that they really said so many times that uh we were trusting god because he was taking her so we had so much faith and trust in god Mm. wow Mm -hmm. and then a year later you come out here to the u.s and, uh, man, and I know for us, and I think for Italy too, because, uh, like I said, I have an Italian exchange daughter from Italy, you know, obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys had a, a lot of lockdowns in between all of that. I know it was really intense in early 2020, but then over and over again, I think if I remember correctly. Yeah. What well, was still going on? I mean, we're, we still have some things that we cannot do. People are really done with this. Like they don't want to respect rules anymore. We are not, it's not mandatory anymore to wear masks, but um, the country recommends it. And we sometimes have done, uh, well, I was in America, but my classmates did online classes last year because people are still getting COVID, but less deaths, which is good. But yeah, in Italy, it's been definitely the roughest, I think. It's been very hard. Wow. So when you came out here, did you feel like you were doing any type of processing as far as your grandma's death or your relationship with God or like spiritual things? Was that uh, something you felt like you were able to work through being out here or uh, was it something you could kind of leave behind and kind of focus on other things while you were here? Um, This is a great question. So thank you for asking this, because this is actually what happened when I went to America, when I saw all those people like having a strong connection with God. And I know it's a little wrong to say that I wanted to have the connection because I saw the others having connection, but 
it's because I saw people having connections. I was like, that means that I could have one as well. Like yeah. God would not reject me. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I have been mad so much at him, he's not going to push me away. I knew I felt that I was like, he is just going to open his arms and he's just going to be like, just come to me and you're going to be safe. And so I did not really attend the church very much because I was not very familiar with just being Christian. I just knew that you are either Catholic or Orthodox or Protestant. Like you're not just Christian. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But when I went to America, I realized there's other type of, you know, faith and just being religious. And so I, I was very open to that. I love to talk to people. I love to hear from people that had a connection with God. Because here in Italy, when people would speak to me about, you know, you should go to the church. And I was like, mind your own business because I will I will decide myself when I will do that. But when I went to America, I was like, well, this is the time for me to process because I am growing up. I'm getting more mature here. And yeah, things have just been going way better since like in America, because I, you know, I was very interested in having a connection because I was like, so there's another world that I didn't know. Plus I realized, started to accept that my grandma was there for me. She never left me. And then I, overnight, I was, I would just dream her. I was, I would feel her and have dreams about her or just things that would just remind me of her. I would feel loved. So I started to be a little more, you know, peaceful about this. Yeah. Where would you say you're at right now, faith-wise, like in your journey? Um, I pray every night because I feel, I feel the need. I feel to just talk to God about what my day was like. And I know that he is there. I believe in Jesus. I believe in, um, I believe in everything about it, but, um, I don't go to the church. I don't, not because I don't like the religion. I don't like the environment, the Catholic environment. And I don't feel like I need to like it to be disconnected to God. Mm-hmm. So I trust God. I know I am in his hands. And when something goes wrong and like, maybe God knows how to fix it. He's going to help me. Like he is going to be my guide. My mom is always like that as well. So we have this kind of, we believe in God. We feel supported. I feel supported by God. Yeah, I I do believe I believe in God. I know He's there. Just don't feel right now the need to go to the Catholic Church. I would go to like a normal church and just pray and feel the connection because I believe in that. Yeah. Do you have friends that are Christians or who are really strong in terms of their faith? Very very few. I actually cannot think about anyone because for some reason right now the trend is not to believe in god here especially in the south people my age are absolutely not interested in that but my best friend is but she is strongly catholic so we we get in contrast sometimes but about this you know but um yeah i don't really want to rely on other like of my friends faith because they're not even they don't even know what the religion would be about yeah. You know, they just they have been exposed to the same things that I did. So they were forced to go to the church. They were enrolled in the system. 
they didn't, they never got to do that because they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you shared some great questions that you have about faith. Um, some really great things that we can kind of um, talk with people about. And I love how you just shared your story because obviously those are things we can talk about as well. Um, But the first question that you brought up, which I thought was great, is you asked about who wrote the Bible and how can we trust it? Would you share why that was one of the questions that you have? Um, I'm really excited about sharing this because um, I didn't have this question a month ago. And um, it actually came from an American um, interaction that I had. Uh, I had an interaction with an American person who was very close to me. We have been super, super close through the entire year. So we have always shared a lot of similar, you know, ideals and thoughts, but we, like, I eventually realized that we don't really because when we started to talk about God and what God um, believes and what God wants us to believe, you know, all those type of things related to the Bible. And so it started because we started to have a conversation about gay people. And this person said that God didn't assign us to be God to be gay. So, you know, being homosexual is a sin. And the Bible says that, which just made me kind of mad when I heard that because I don't think that God cares about who we love. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one of the questions that I also um, shared um, amongst the questions that I have. Mm -hmm. I don't think God really cares about who we love. I think God just cares about who we are and that we love people uh, in the way that we are supposed to, just the way he loves us. Mm. I'm sorry. My dad was asking me a question. I'm That's so right. sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, and so um, I got mad because I said, God just doesn't care. God loves everyone. And then this person kept saying, no, you don't. You, how do you know that God's love everyone? If you, if you read the Bible, it says, I don't remember the number that he shared with me because I didn't even check. I was just super mad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> said, if you look here, 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 he says that God says that homosexuality is wrong and then it's a sin and that we are not supposed to be that way. And I was like, well, the nature says that to have a kid, you necessarily need to have a woman and a man. But to love, you don't you don't necessarily have to just be with a certain person like you just be with whoever you want to be with mm-hmm. and so that's what I was like who wrote the bible who said that's a sin who said that is right who said that's wrong I love that question um <laughs> I think there's a lot to unpack there and I'm not even going to try to tackle it right now <laughs> <laughs> um we've definitely talked about some of that stuff before but I I like how you framed it, um, wondering whether you can trust the Bible in regards to things like that, Um, because it sounds like perhaps your friend didn't couch some of that stuff uh, in a way that might have been very loving, Um, but was your friend really wrong? And if he wasn't, um, who said and why? Why does it matter? Right. Is that kind of a fair way to paraphrase what you just said? That's exactly what I thought was like, why would he matter? He doesn't care about who we love. He cares that we love and respect people just the way he 
he's trying to teach us to do. Right. Well, I think that that's a great question to kind of talk through. And if the Bible really does say what your friend said, that the act of homosexuality is wrong, why would God care? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a great uh, topic to discuss. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, And it's something that I think a lot of young people are asking um, as our culture becomes more and more embracing of alternative lifestyles, right? Like uh, exactly who wrote the Bible? Why is it authoritative in my life? And how does that actually translate to the current culture that we live in today? And Mm -hmm. is God, it's also a question of God's character. Is God still loving if he says that certain behaviors are not, uh, you know, in someone's best interest? Because, yeah, what I tried to, when I spoke to a couple of friends, they share, I don't, I haven't checked this. I am not sure about how, how much it is true or not, but they said, they were trying to explain to me that um, the Bible, um, like there's a part of it that it's, I don't know what it's called in English, but in Italian, it's like the old part of the Bible, the old which Testament. is about the, yeah, exactly. Antico Testamento, yeah. Which is about, <laughs> yeah, the old, you know, the old stuff, the old style, the old culture. And they said that if you read carefully in that old part, it also said that it's right to uh, mistreat women, that it's right to just, um, that men are superior to women, because that's the society that was super old a lot mm-hmm. of years ago. So there could be true that, said that homosexuality was a sin because people didn't really know anything about it and they just thought it was wrong but it is right or wrong that's not what god says i am sure about it i am sure that god says that men are not superior like i'm sure about it (laughs) (laughs) well gaia i really hope that you're able to come on when we have someone here on uh to address that question because i think uh i would love to hear your a back and forth between you and the guest. And and so it would be uh, really awesome if you're able to come on and we'll try to book that way in advance. So that way it's a possibility for you as well. Um, No promises, but hopefully. And then I love this next question as well, which all of these are kind of connected to that, right? If the Bible is authoritative and we can trust it, then perhaps these questions fall underneath that. But I think that these are really great. Um, Your question was, what about people of other religions or belief systems, do they need Jesus too? Tell me about that question. Friend, if you're enjoying this episode, you may also enjoy exclusive bonus content each month. Finding Something Real is a podcast that has some costs associated with it. We have a website, monthly subscriptions to stay organized. We design things. We like to pay an assistant producer who keeps things going around here, that kind of stuff. We're not in the business of trying to make money, but we are in the business of wanting to keep this show going and be sustainable. So we use Patreon. And if you haven't heard of it, Patreon is the best place for creators to build memberships by providing exclusive access to their work and a deeper connection with their communities. Each month, patrons who support Finding Something Real get a bonus episode where we recap the month's episodes. Often those episodes feature our co-hosts and they will often share what this journey was like. There's other perks over there too, and it's easy to get involved. Just go to findingsomethingreal.com and click support at the top of the page. We'd love to have you over there in our Patreon community. Well, um, 
in school, I was exposed to um, a subject, a class that we have to take, like we are we're just forced to take it because it's included and it's called religione, which is religion. And it's actually, you know, culture, uh, studying other uh, religions, you know, uh, where they come from, what do they believe. And I remember just learning about being Muslim, being, um, you know, other religions. I don't, I can't remember all of it right now, but, and then I was like, okay, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ, but they don't, they believe in someone else, which is, I mean, still God for them, but they are just someone else and they believe different things so um what happens like does god just look at them in the same way or because i guess they do things that could be a sin to our god but not to their god so when they just go to you know paradise how are they going to be judged yeah if they're one god uh, mm-hmm. And only one God. And if there is, how's he going to judge people? That's a great question. Uh, super appropriate too to this current culture, uh, where everybody says you do you and I'll do me and in the end, we'll just uh-huh. get to the same place. Are we really going to get to the same place? Uh, <laughs> another question that you asked. Um, you asked about uh, relationships, specifically same-sex relationships and divorce. Um, how does God feel about that? And do those relationships betray God? Um, kind of in line with that first question, but a little more specific to relational um, relational relationships that honor God. Could you unpack that a little bit for me, Gaia? So uh, this question just uh, came up because as I told you, looking at um, uh, just my parents and their situation and realizing they are not not together. So basically, well, they got united. So they were united by God, but now they are not anymore. So they kind of broke what God put together. Mm -hmm. So I am like, is God going to accept this? Because he made something and then they ruined it, let's say. So they just changed it and modified something that God did. I'm sure that God would not want people that don't love each other anymore to be together or just to mistreat each other, to not respect each other. They, I don't think he wants that. So I don't think he blames my parents for you know divorcing. But at the same time, I'm like, did he accept that? How does he feel about it? As well as people the same sex, as I told you, like they want to get married, they want to have kids. They want, let's say that they want to do something that the nature does not include, because as I said, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is to have kids as a man and a woman. I mean, there's no, I mean, there, there are other ways, but nature says that, which right. is not against anyone's love, you know, but when someone wants just to love each other and they're not man and woman together, like, how does God feel about that? Mm-hmm. Because I started to have those doubts after the conversation I had about, you know, homosexuality as a sin, blah, blah, blah. And so I was just very confused about, like, what does God feel about this? I, I was just very confused about how can we still defend love and not, you know, betray God? Mm, yeah. And what does a healthy relationship look like to God? And when mm-hmm. we have unhealthy relationships, how does he feel about that? Um, and, and why does it bother him if, if that's the case, right? Um, mm-hmm. And how do we find restoration in the midst of that? 
I love that question. I think that's so good. And then finally, you asked, what would happen if you have a big sin? (laughs) But uh, what's it like before God? And what is his punishment when there's a a major sin in your life? Would you share about that question and where it comes from? Yeah. Um, So um, I just always think about, well, it happened in my life to hear about people that you know made very bad things like murdering or killing or just very very bad things and they went to jail and everything but they just try or just did bad drugs but they tried to get back on you know the right path and they actually succeeded in that like now I know them not personally but I know who they are what they're doing and I can tell that they are back back to you know under the right environment and i'm like how does god feel about it like how how is he going to judge them because they they really try to like go back to improve to just erase what they did even though you cannot erase such a bad thing but like they realize their mistake and they would not do it again Mm. obviously yeah. So yeah, that was just a doubt that I always had. Like, how does God feel about that? Yeah. Like, is he gonna accept him? Uh, is he gonna accept them in his, you know, just world, even though they killed someone? Mm-hmm. And God says you're not supposed to kill anyone. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, Gaia, I'm really excited because I think <laughs> I shared this with you when you and I met privately uh, last week. I think there's some really amazing answers to some of these questions that you have. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll be talking with someone and they'll ask a hard question and I'll think, yeah, we're going to explore that. And then there's some things that, uh, you know, we'll never know this side of heaven. These questions, I feel like there's so much that the Bible shares with us about God's character and who he is, uh, that really deal directly with these questions. Um, and so I think there's beautiful answers, this side of heaven for these questions. Um, I'm thrilled at the guests that hopefully we'll be able to come on and address them. I already have some people in mind and, um, just a couple final wrap up things. I always wrap up with the final question here, but one additional thing that I want was thinking about for you, and it's something that I haven't done for a while, but you definitely seem, how do I say this? spiritually invested in what we're going to do here, uh, that you want to draw closer to God and know him more. Mm-hmm. Um, am I right in that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I want to establish a strong connection. Yeah. So something I'm going to ask you to do as we're going through this, and I know it's going to be a, a month as we're recording this, like I said, it's the fall of 2022. In fact, today is the first day of fall, <laughs> all the things, and we won't be, um, you know, actually airing this until almost the springtime. But I want to ask if you would read some of the gospels in the, the middle of this time. Um, I don't know if you've ever read them for yourself. Uh, for me, I like to take them, you know, bit by bit, start with the the gospel of John. So the gospels, I, I'm sure you know this, but for anyone listening who's not familiar, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're stories of Jesus's ministry, uh, recordings of what happened um, in his uh, three years of, uh, you know, going into ministry and the things that he did and the things that he said. 
Uh, the Gospel of John is really powerful because it speaks directly to the love of God, but also uh, Jesus's divinity and him being God. Um, and it's like a love letter to the person reading. I really feel that way. Um, so what I like to do when I'm reading scripture is I will, you know, read a small chunk, uh, maybe not even a full chapter, but I'll read like one story. This is if I, you know, make the time and I'll, I'll sit there and I will just ask God, okay, show me something in here, um, in your word. Uh, cause John one, one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. If all of that's true, then the word of God, the Bible has tremendous power, tremendous power in your life and mine. And the way that we, we know God is one, you know, we experience him, but we don't, uh, we have a, a book, a, a book that according to, you know, we'll ask this question about who wrote it and where did it come from? Can it be authoritative? But if it's true, it has tremendous authority in our life like no other book. And so I would just encourage you if you're willing to do that, because then, as you said, you pray every night saying, God, uh, show me what I just read. Because there's going to be things you go, oh, what did I just read? That was kind of confusing. Or, oh, wow, I didn't know that Jesus was so bold and said such harsh things to this group of people or whatever. There will be things in there that surprise you. But nothing Nothing replaces that wrestling with God's word um, in my experience with the Lord. And I know it's been, you know, I've got like at least 20 years on you. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, definitely. I'm, I'm super curious about it. I've never done it before. Okay. So, you know, that, that's going to be absolutely interesting, I'm sure. Okay, cool. So you'll do it? You'll read it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Final question, Gaia. Go ahead. All right. Same question for everybody. The The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards finding something real in Christ. Real is an acronym. It means uh, real restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, meaning that in Jesus, we can find restoration that we can't find anywhere else. Uh, he restores the brokenness. He takes the biggest sins and he makes them white as snow. Um, eternity, that with Christ, there is hope of a beautiful eternity, um, a lifetime, right? Uh, that goes on and on with him and with people that we care about. Authenticity, that he knows us better than we know ourselves, that he is the author of life and he can tell us who our true, what our true identity is. And love, that there is grace and forgiveness and an abundance of blessing um, in him and him alone. And so anyway, the Finding Something Real is, uh, podcast is about that, uh, finding restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love in Christ. Of those four things, and of course there are many more, but restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which stands out to you the most in your life right now? What would you want the most from Jesus right now and why? So I would say authenticity, definitely. And a little bit of love, not meaning like, um, you know, just stupid love, you know, love that you, you think it is, but it's not. I just want to feel, um, I want to establish like a strong loving connection with people around me, meaning like my friends and my parents, because this is my last year in Italy before moving out to university. So, and I have been gone for a year last year so I really kind of missed that type of you know time with my parents and with my brother with my grandfather and I want to reveal that so yeah love a little bit of love and authenticity because I want to feel you know 
real, true things. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right, Gaia, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited for all of this. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.